0: Hey, thank you for listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and wherever podcasts are streamed. You can also visit praisechapellasvegas.com and follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas to stay connected with PCLV. Thank you again for listening. Here comes today's message. for Albuquerque. Come on, give God some praise. Hallelujah. Ah. God bless you. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I did it, bro. Amen. Praise the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. I was in the back, just, just hanging out back there, worshiping, praising the Lord. I didn't even realize we were getting ready to start. I, I, I asked the Usher, I go, we getting ready to start? He goes, yeah, go put your shirt on. Hurry up, man. I was just having a time back there, man. Praise the Lord. God bless you guys, man. It's good to be saved, isn't it? Oh, my, my, I'll tell you, man. I think back of how good God has been for me, to me, and I just say it's good to be in the hands of God. Oh, thank you, Jesus, man. Brother, brother, I, I want to thank you, bro, for-, for inviting me here. You guys don't know how bad I needed to be here today. Surrounded by family. Surrounded by friends. People I grew up with. Oh, man. Uh, sh- I'm having a conference today. I think I'm going to preach, and then I'm going to go sit down and hear myself preach, and then come back up here and preach some more and just just enjoy this whole service, man. God is good. Praise the Lord. What, 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 a, what a title. Be still. Be still, man. I think we all need to learn that. I mean, we're so busy bodies, man. We're running around. We're here, there, everywhere, man. We're like nonstop. God's trying to anoint us, man, and we don't even stop. He's like, stand still, man. Let me anoint you. Let me touch you. Man, where are you at now, man? We're like little rabbits all over the place, man. Dude, be still. I, I I love that. I love that, man. When when Pastor Art told me about it, right away, as soon as he mentioned it to me, that, that same minute, as we were talking, the Lord just began to download this message. And I'm like, dude, I'm ready. Well, it's not for a few more months. I said, no, I'm ready now. Because be still, man, it's personal experience that that we have, man. Man, it's so good. I want to start by saying that be still can have two different meanings. One is be still and let God move upon you. And another one could be be still and let the devil come all over you. And it comes from that message you preached. I, I've, been, I've been sharing this message that Fernando preached 20 years ago. It, it has to do, I, I always thought it was a horse. But, but it was a horse that, that was eaten and killed and tore up by fire ants. You know, there was this big old horse in, in Texas, and fire ants climbed all over it. Brought it down, killed it, destroyed it. And I remember as he was telling the story, he, he said, I don't understand how that can happen. All the horse had to do was walk away. But instead, he stood still. Didn't do nothing about it. Allow the enemy to climb on him. Tear him down and destroy him. And, and so this is not the message, but it's just a little ch- nit- nitpick to let you know. Don't be still too long. Get up, man. Get, get involved. Jump in. Get committed. Do something for the, for the Lord. You stay still too long, man. The devil's going to come all over you, man. And by the time you want to do something, you're going to be numb, paralyzed, fearful, man. So, so I, I was just thinking about that. When I saw you, I remember that message. That was a powerful message. I think I've shared it in Albuquerque a few times already. Guys, come on. We got to get moving. Moving in the things of God. Hallelujah. But, but now I'm going to go to the opposite extreme. And, and, and um, let me just pray. Heavenly Father, I pray, Lord, that you would just take over. God, may, may, may your word minister to us, Lord. May, may this whole message that you placed in my heart just impact our lives, God. So that we may learn to be still. To let go. And let you take over in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I-, I forgot to start my clock. Let me start this bad boy. So, have you guys ever seen a dead body before? It's interesting when, when-, when you're actually right there in front of a dead body. I, I remember the first time I saw the- my-, uh, my first dead body, I was 10 years old. Me, me and my friends, we-, we decided not to go to school that day. So so we took off, we wanted to go visit the city, and we're walking around, doing what kids do. We're kicking cans, we're throwing rocks, and we're walking around, and we ended up at the lake. When we got to the lake, there was a crowd, big old crowd right there. They were all just like, so we went over there, what's going on, what's going on? We worked our way to the crowd, to the front, and and there was a dead body right there. Uh, Somebody had drowned. And so looking at a dead body, just completely motionless, completely still, not moving, boy, it's, it's kind of eerie to see that, especially for the first time as a 10-year-old kid, and, and I'm, I'm like, whoa, I'm tripping out, man, I remember I had, a, I had picked up a little stick along the way, and, and, and I'm poking it, I was that kind of dummy, boy. and I'm poking it, and it wasn't moving, it was just stiff, and I remember some lady slapping me, and kid, you need to behave, man, get out of here, so, so anyways, we took off, but, but I was impacted by, by that dead body, how it didn't move. They didn't go nowhere. So so the next couple days later, my my grandmother pulls me over. She said, "Mihu, I need to talk to you. I what's up, grandma? She goes, how was school yesterday? Oh, school was good. Why why do you ask? Are you sure you went to school? Yeah, grandma, you know I went to school. Why why, why would you even ask that? And she pulls out the newspaper. (laughs) Front center, dude, dead body found in the lake. And there's this little kid with the stick right there. Dude, I'm straight busted, man. I'm like, oh, man, I'm in trouble now, boy. (laughs) And she starts asking me, what were you up to? What were you doing, you little travieso? She's all over me, boy. And then she tells me, she says, you better not have had nothing to do with that. I'm, Grandma, I'm only 10 years old. She goes, well, if you didn't, who did? And I seen her reaching for the chancla. Oh, boy, I knew I was in trouble there. I had to to think fast. I got to think fast. I I, I go, Woody did it. Pastor Woody did it, boy. I didn't even know Pastor Woody at the time, boy. But, but boy, with that mustache, you can blame anything on that, brother, boy. (laughs) It'll stick. (laughs) Uh, Praise the Lamb of God. You you don't know it, but you got me out of of one right there. You know, I love Pastor Woody. Uh, he, He discipled me. I grew up under him, and I praise the Lord for men of God like all you that are here today. Just like Pastor Fernando said, when I first came to Huntington Park Church, Pastor Phil Hernandez was the assistant pastor, amazing man of God. Pastor, pastor Woody was the assistant pastor. I grew up with the best of the best. I, I really did, man. I'm dead serious, man. I, I always tell people that, that I got the best of Pastor Michael Neville. Holy Ghost on fire, man. That boy can preach a sermon, take an offering, boy. He'll get you popping. Yeah, then I got the best out of, out of Donna Neville. Perfectly balanced, man. I, I love it, boy. We can preach up a storm, or, or we can even just sit here and really teach the word, man. We're balanced. We're, we're blessed to be raised by that. So ah, thank you, Jesus. Yes. Hallelujah. Woo, God is good. God is good. So yeah, Pastor Woody, disciple me. If anything, comes out, anything good comes out of this message, thank you, brother. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God is good, man. Thank you, Jesus. Galatians 20. No, Galatians 2.20. 2:20. Galatians 2:20, 2.20. That that is gonna be the, the, the main text. And from there I'm just gonna go around everywhere. But but talking about dead bodies. De- dead bodies are motionless. There's no trace of who that individual used to be. It's just still. No more personality, no more attitude. No more nothing. It's just a dead body. Bible tells us in Galatians Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified in Christ. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. Oh, man, I, I was thinking about that. When we become crucified with Christ, when we surrender all to the Lord, And it is no longer I who lives, but now Christ who lives in me. Now, everything I do, everything I say, everything that comes out of me is the Lord working through this dead body. I am still in the presence of the Lord. And I learn to let him flow through me. If I don't learn to crucify myself before the Lord, my attitude comes up. The things I really want to say come out. Okay. And so I need to learn to be still and allow God to put me on check. And the only way I can do that is by crucifying myself unto the Lord. Also Romans. Romans 6. 6, 6.3. Certainly. No, not that one. (laughs) Or do you not know? that as many of us who were baptized unto Christ were baptized unto his death, therefore we were buried with him through baptism unto death. Guys, we were baptized unto death. Our old man was put away. We went to the water grave and we buried our old individuals. Now we rise up living in Christ. Now we need to learn to to take a deep breath, take a step back, and allow God To go before us. See, we have a tendency of always taking things into our own hands. So something goes wrong, don't worry. I know how to fix this. I know how to take care of it. And we jump ahead of God trying to fix things. When what we really should learn to do is just sit back, be still, and let God go before us. Because, boy, I put my foot in my mouth so many times. I've made so many mistakes along the way. And the Lord finally got a hold of me. And he said, boy, why don't you just be still? Let me do this. Believe me, I can do it better than you, he told me. When I learned that, man, oh, life has changed. Life is different now. God has been so good to us. You guys remember Billy Hall? Amazing man of God. When you speak to him, you don't see Billy Hall. Matter of fact, we probably don't even know Billy Hall. We know Christ in Billy Hall. Every time you speak to him, that's all you see. Is the Lord in him, and you know what he loves to call himself? Dead man walking. Dead man walking. That, that that's how that's how he describes himself, because he's learned to crucify himself to Christ. He's learned to step back, to be still, and allow the Lord to shine through him. Man, we grew up with some amazing people in our fellowship. Man, we are so blessed. But praise the Lord. So be still boy, that'll preach. That'll preach, man. What an amazing, amazing topic. Uh, today, I want to talk about my experiences on being still. I've, I've always been a little bit hyper, and it's difficult for me to be still. I'm always running ahead of God. I'm always tripping over myself. I'm always making a left when I should have made a right. Uh, dude, I, I, plenty of you guys are there, and so, so I've had some Experiences on learning how to be still. God God had to show me to be still. And boy, when I learned that, hallelujah, life is good. Because I finally learned to let go. I get no credit. If it worked out, praise the Lord, God did it. If it didn't work out, praise the Lord, God didn't want it to. But I I get no credit, man, good or bad, man. I've learned to do that. It's amazing, man. So so I want to share with you guys what God showed me. Two things, one about being still, and second, the reward and the benefit of being obedient to his voice, because there's benefits to being still. God rewards those who be still and and allow him to go before him, and boy, I I learned it, man, and I'm so glad that 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 happened to us, but first, let me review a couple events in the Bible. Regarding, be still. I mean, it wouldn't do it justice if I don't talk about this. But Moses, you guys know famous Moses, Exodus chapter 14. Moses was stuck between a rock and a hard place. Boy, 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 he was having it tough. He just delivered Egypt. I mean, Israel out of Egypt. He's on his way, excited, happy. And he comes to a dead end, man. The ocean is before him. He can't go forward because everybody's gonna die. <laughs> That's a hard place right there. He's the leader, he has to make a decision. He turns back and he's being chased by Pharaoh and all his men. He's stuck between a rock and a hard place. Either way he looks, there's death before him. He doesn't know what to do, he's panicking. People are coming to him. What are we going to do? We're going to die. And, and the Bible says that, that, that in the book of Exodus, let, let me find this. I want to read it to you guys. Chapter 14, verse 13. Listen to what Moses told the people. He said, do not be afraid. Rather, stand still. Oh, my. And see the salvation of the Lord which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see no longer forever. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. Be still and see the salvation of the Lord today. Oh, that's a benefit right right then and there. Learn to be still. Learn to take a step back and allow God to go before you. Allow God to fight the battle. Allow God to pave the way. And you will see his salvation, his saving grace. You will see the benefits of learning to just trust God. I love what you said about getting our hands off. Boy, that's so difficult for us. It's so hard, man. But when we learn to do that, glory to God, hallelujah, God will take over. Be still and see the salvation of the Lord today same thing happened with king jehoshaphat king jehoshaphat was surrounded second chronicles chapter 20 king jehoshaphat was surrounded by the enemy uh, all the other tribes got together and they declared war against him they came down into his kingdom and surrounded him all over everywhere he looked there was trouble everywhere he looked there was opposition Surely death was coming his way. Everybody began to panic. They began to run. They didn't know what to do. The the, the Bible says that that the word of the Lord came upon a young man and, and, and spoke to him. I think he was Zachariah's son. And he told them, as they all went to go look for God, God, what are we going to do? Help us. What are we going to do? do? Do we get our warriors together? Do we get our armies together? What do we do? They were, they were scared. They didn't know what to do. But the word came, came the word of the Lord came upon this young man. And, and this is what the Lord told him. You will not need to fight this battle. Position yourself. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. My Lord, if we can just learn to do that. If we can just learn to stand still and see God take care of our situations. Man, we all have so many things going on in our lives. Some of us are financial needs. Some of us are physical needs. Some of us are with our children. with Just all these things going on. We drive ourselves crazy. We worry ourselves. We stress ourselves out. If we can just learn to stand still. Bring it to God. Say, Lord, I give this to you. Man, we will see the hand of God move upon our lives. This, this brother, King Jehoshaphat, he obeyed God. He stood still. And, and if you know the story, man, that the Lord told him, stand up, rise and meet your enemies. You will see them no more also. The Bible says he sent his, his worshipers before him. In the midst of his troubles, in the midst of everything that was going on, he didn't take matters into his own hands. He began to worship God and he set his worshipers before him and they went before him and the Lord, the Lord defeated the enemies for him. The Bible says that by the time King Jehoshaphat got to that little, to that town where they were at, they were all dead. The Lord ambushed them, caused confusion amongst them. They all slaughtered themselves. God took care of it for them. I bet you he can do the same for you. I bet you he can do the same for me. All we have to do is learn to worship God in the midst of our hardest moments, in the midst of our trials, in the midst of opposition. Just worship the Lord. Hallelujah. I love that song. I live to... I can't even sing. I'm not even going to try it, boy. You got me beat on that one, boy. To worship you, I live. Boy, 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 that was a mighty powerful song, man. I, I was having a time back there. But when we learned to do that, man, so good. Because if you, if you continue on in this story, King Jehoshaphat and, and all his tribes and everybody, they reap the rewards. They reap the benefits. First of all, they didn't get slaughtered in the fight. So they survived to fight another day. Hallelujah. That's a benefit right there, boy. But, but not only that, the Bible says that when they got to the camp, Everybody was already gone. They were all dead. All the spoils, all the treasures, all the rewards were just laid out for the king to come and take them back. Bible says it took him three days of collecting the treasures and the rewards and the benefits of being still and letting God go before him. Oh, man, I'll tell you what, man. There's a lot of benefits that come forth when we learn to be still and let God have his way. I'm going to share some of the benefits that I experienced by, by just allowing God to have his way. Oh, man, but, but first let me tell you something, and you guys are going to know this. Pastoring a church, building a church, boy, it's no joke. It's no joke, boy. It's hard work. It's physically draining. It's spiritually draining. Boy, we're, we're always in, in the battle. It never ends. I, I, I didn't sign up for this, man. I'm dead serious, boy. I'm in the Huntington Park Church, and, and I'm watching everybody get sent out, and I'm said, "Praise the Lord, better you than me, glory to God. I'll hold down the fort, and, and I'm just happy, boy. I'm watching everybody else get sent out. And, and then one day called me, God called me, and I'm like, "Oh no. dude. But praise the Lord, man. Here, here we are, man. We, we took off. We, we went to Albuquerque, and, and, and boy, let me tell you, man, we hit the ground running. As soon as we got there, we hit the ground running. I, I, I got this amazing job working at the Albuquerque Rescue Mission as a chaplain. So, so right away, right off the bat, man, I had a congregation the first day I got there. Man, that was amazing. Boy, I was not expecting that. God did that for me. But within two weeks, we just got there. We don't even know the city yet. We already had a Bible study within two weeks from people that, just, that I met at my job. Boy, God, God was moving quick. Within a month... We, we went out into the street, the street corner. We found the worst part of town, the part where all the drugs are, where all, where all the street stuff is, and all the gangs, all the activity. And we went there, and, and we bought a little canopy, a little tent, pop-up tent. And we put it in the street corner right there. And we started a prayer booth. Brother, a month later, we had a church in that prayer booth. We were having Holy Ghost right there. Man, people were coming. They were coming through, man, and we're offering prayer. And, and, and man, we were having revival. Month in, just a month in, we hit the ground running. People would tell us, where's your church at? I said, right here, baby. This is the church. We don't need no building, man. We're good. God is here. You're here. We are the church. And so, man, before you know it, people knew we were there. They started gathering there. Started gathering there. Talking about hit the ground running. Three months in. We're we're barely three months into this. And the Lord blessed us with the building. Right around the corner, man, we got our very first building. Little storefront building. $400 $400 rent, man, you can't beat that, man. I remember I called Pastor Donna. She said, boy, if you don't take that, there's something wrong with you. But, man, see, those are the benefits of being still and allowing God to go before us. I could have stressed out. I could have freaked out. How are we going to do this? What are we going to do? I just followed the lead. God, you, you guide, I'll follow. And, man, he started putting everything together. Man, I, I, just based off of that. For our one-year anniversary, we, we rented this big old church building to go to just have our one-year anniversary. Pastor Larry Neville came, and this is what he told me. Dude, I, I thought he was losing it, but this is what he told me. I'm serious. He said, You know what, George? Don't even think about renting a building. Don't even think about buying a building. God's gonna bless you with this building. And I'm looking at this big, beautiful place, and I'm thinking, Pastor, you feel me? Take check his temperature, boy. You feeling all right, Pastor? But, but just like he said, just like he said, after our anniversary, about a week later, the, the pastor that, the church that we rented called us. He said, Pastor, I, I need to talk to you. Can you come to our office? Boy, I panicked. I was sure we stole something. <laughs> I was sure we broke something. I'm like, oh, man. Angelo, what did you do, bro? <laughs> And so, so anyways, I went over there, and, and sure enough, just as Pastor Larry predicted, they offered us to move in to their building. They said, look, guys, we're, we're, this building is huge. We, we need help. We're getting older. You guys are young. You're on fire. You're full of energy. Come bring some life into this building. Man, it was a blessing of God, boy. We, we moved right in. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We, we, we moved right in, man, and we just started having revival right off the bat, man. God was so good to us. He's been so good to us. So, so as we're moving forward, a lot of things happening, a lot of things going on. In the midst of all that, I felt that I need to stay busy. I felt that I needed to keep up with God. I, I needed to stay alert. I, I needed to be out there doing things for God. I mean, our vision is to take over Albuquerque. God gave us the key to Albuquerque. Our vision is to have churches all over Albuquerque. We're not going to settle for one. We're not going to settle for two. Man, the way I see it, I'm, I'm there for good now. I remember when I first got there, I was telling Pastor Donna, you know, I'm only here for two years, right? After two years, I'm going back. She just laughed at me just like you guys did. She just busted up, man. At our third year mark, well, Pastor Donna, I'm still going to go back, you know. Yeah, right, sure you are. But now it's evident we're not going back. It's evident God has us there for a reason. I mean, we're, we're planning on just populating that whole church with little pop up churches all over the place. I mean, so, so man, God is good. So, anyways, with that vision, my mentality is I got to stay busy. That, that was our discipleship. What he taught me you have to outreach. You need to get out in the streets. You need to go knock on doors. You got to go out there and do things, man. People need to see you. So that was my discipleship. That was my mentality. I got out there. We were doing all kinds of community events. Our parking lot, man, we're always doing things. We're barbecuing. We're putting music up. We're, we're letting the community know we're there. But how many of you guys know that's hard work? That's laboring. I, I work a full-time job. Dude, that's, oof. After work, have to go do that? Boy, We've had two tent revivals since we've been there. We just pop them up and invite the community. We've had a couple of kingdom builders' conferences. So we are always busy. It's nonstop around there, continually. Outreaching is constant. We're constantly outreaching. This was about three years in. And guess what? I got tired. It's a lot of work, it's exhausting. It got to the point where there was no joy in outreaching anymore. It became a job. It became a duty. It actually became frustrating. I started to complain to the Lord. I said, Lord, why do I have to outreach? We don't even get no results anyways. Nobody comes. Why do I always have to do this? And, and so my heart was starting to, to grow bitter. And as I'm talking to the Lord, He, he this is what he told me. I never told you to do that. Huh? What he told me. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> That's <all> right, boy. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, I never told you to do that. He goes, why, why, why don't you just stop? Just stop. And, and I'm thinking, no, it doesn't make sense. How's the church going to grow? How are people going to know we're here if we stop? I mean, I've been trained. I've been discipled. To reach. And then he began to share with me, Psalms 127.1, unless the Lord build the house, the laborers labor in vain. Oh, man, that hit me like a rock. And, but it made so much sense, so much sense. I said, okay, I, I hear you, Lord. I'm, I'm going to be still. I'm, I'm going to stop. doesn't make no sense. But I'm going to stop. What am I supposed to do then if I'm not going to outreach? He says, just focus on me. Just draw near to me. As I draw near to you, I will anoint you. I will bless you. Your ministry will get better. Your preaching will get better. It will be evident in the congregation. And then he says, and I will build the church. Continue to love me, continue to love people, and I'll take care of the rest. Then he told me, it's not that hard. (laughs) I'm like, three and a half years, boy, I've been freaking out, man. And and he finally gave me the clue. Just relax. Enjoy the ride. Each day is a blessing when you're out there in the ministry. Be blessed. Be still. Let, Let him go before us. He said, just focus on me, and I will take care of the rest. My, my, my. I wish he would have told me that from day one. I will build a church, he says. You be still. My. I surrendered. I stood before the congregation. And I told them, guys, outreaching is a thing of the past. We're not going to outreach no more. That's when they all started freaking out. <laughs> like, what are you talking about, Pastor? What are you talking about? But but what happened was I, I, I developed a new habit. Instead of outreaching, I started going to the church building when nobody else was there, putting on the worship music, getting on the altar with my pillow, and I would just lay there on the altar, worship music, playing. But I would fall asleep on that altar. I was learning to be still before God. Boy, I was having the time of my life. That was so much easier than knocking on doors and walking down blocks and blocks and blocks. I finally learned the key to be still and let the Lord take over. Man, when I began to do that, ain't no joke, man. Everything got better. Everything got better. I mean, God started moving in the services. People started coming to church. The congregation and started inviting friends, families, the church began to grow without a single outreach. All because I learned to be obedient to God's word. It didn't make sense. I'll tell you, it didn't make sense not to outreach. That, that's the way we were brought up. But man, God showed us how to do this. It, it's amazing. It reminds me. I'm gonna switch gears for a second, then I'll get back to, to the benefits. But but it reminds me of King David. Before he was king, before he was king, as as most of us know, he he was running for his life. King Saul was after him. Boy, King David was afraid. He was scared. He was frustrated. He was running for his life. Boy, He, he had nowhere to go, nowhere to run. Boy, Saul was right on him. He was anxious. David was anxious. He was stressed out. He was trying to figure out what to do. I I don't want to be killed. I I don't want to lose this battle. What what do I do? So so he felt. King David felt that he needed to keep on moving. He needed to keep going from one place to another to another just to stay ahead of Saul. He needed to stay ahead of his enemy. So he felt that within him. I I have to keep moving. I have to keep moving. Um, He felt... That he had to take matters into his own hands. You know what? I'm I'm a warrior. I'm a fighter. I know how to handle this. I can do this. I just got to keep moving. I got to go back to my old disciplines. Got to go back to my old ways. And and so as he was doing that, he began to trust in his old trainings and his old discipleships. This is what happened. In, in, In Samuel verse 21. The Bible says that David ran. To Ahimelech, the priest. He ran to him to seek food, to seek shelter, and to seek a weapon. Because he was good at weapons. He knew how to swing the weapons. He knew how to do battle. So he went back to what he knew how to do. He, he went back over there. And, but, but, but the thing about it is, he forgot one thing. Isaiah 154. No, fifty-four. Seventeen. Bible says no weapon formed against you will prosper. No weapon formed against the man of God will prosper. No weapon formed against a child of God will prosper. If the Lord already canceled that moment, if he already canceled that, then why do we need to take matters into our own hands and pick up a physical weapon to defend ourselves? We don't have to do that no more. Because God already went before us. What we need to do is learn to stand still and trust him. Don't go back to our old ways. Don't go back to our old attitudes. Don't go back to that street life. Well, I'll tell you that right now. I know a couple pastors out there, that they run some men's homes and they practice laying hands on people. I mean, laying hands on people. Well, We need to step away from that. Just trust God. Let God do this. See, he didn't know. He wanted to get some food. He went out there to get some bread. He didn't even know Matthew 4, 4, Matthew 4, 4. Man shall not live off bread alone by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. See, he didn't know all this. He forgot some of these key things in his life. And he took matters into his own hands. He put his trust in the bread. He put his trust in Goliath's sword. Thinking that that was going to get him out of the jam. But guess what? It didn't. He was still in the same fickle. He was still in the same jam. As a matter of fact, if you go read down on Samuel 21, a little bit further down. The Bible says that David fled. He fled to the safety in the hands of King Achish. Achu, I mean. One of those. He he fled into his hands to, to find safety. In in first Samuel 21. Chapter 13. I mean verse 13. The Bible says that, that, that he went over there to find safety with this guy. And instead, he became more anxious, more worried, more nervous. Listen to 1 Samuel chapter 21, verse 12. Now David took the words to to heart and was very much afraid of Ashish, the king of Gath. So he changed his behavior before them pretended madness in their hands, scratched on the doors of the gates, and let the saliva run down on his beard. And as she said to his servants, look, you see the man is insane. Why have you even brought him to me? So so here we have David. He's running for his life. He's anxious. He's scared. He's worried. He's trying to figure out this situation. What do I do? Everything's coming against me. So he goes back to his old ways. He tries to find Goliath's sword so he can take matters into his own hands so he can take care of business so he can defend himself because in his mind, God wasn't going to do it. So so he runs to the king and he's trying to find safety there. They discover who he is and then again, he begins to get nervous. The Bible says that he pretended to be a madman, that he began to scratch on the posts. Saliva came running down down his beard. When I read this story... I don't know that there was much pretending in that. He was already stressed out. He was already anxious. He was already desperate. He was already fearful. He was already running for his life. I bet you a lot of that was really true. There, there was not much faking to that. Boy, he was having a nervous breakdown, in my opinion. He didn't know what to do, so so he was losing it because he forgot to trust in God. He thought he could handle this. I can do this. I got to keep moving. I got to keep going forward. I got to keep doing what I know how to do in order to get out of this. And look what it did to him. It got him all stressed out. Got him all nervous. Got it all freaked out. And, and then from there, the Bible says that after going through all that, he kept running afterwards. He finally came to, to in, in, verse, in cha, Samuel chapter 22, verse 1 and 2, it tells us that, that, that he finally came to his senses. It says that therefore David departed from there, he escaped to the cave of Adalam. And as he was in the cave of Adalam, his brothers and his fathers, everybody heard about it. They all went down to him. And everyone who was in distress, everyone who was in debt, everyone who was discontent gathered with him, and he became captain over, over them. And there were about four hundred men. So 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 the story was: he was stressed out. He's running for his life. He tried the sword. He tried everything he can do. He finally came to his senses. He ran into the cave so he can have some alone time with God. So he can be still in the presence of God. So he can allow God to begin to speak to him. So he can clear his head. So he can hear from God. And the Bible says that after a period of time, he became captain over 400 of them. Now, now it doesn't tell the time frame. It doesn't tell how it went down. But the way I picture it, David walked into that alone place. That secret place where he can be with the Lord. He walked in there stressed out, worried. And I bet you the first thing he did is he fell on his face. He just fell on his face and he began to cry out to God. He began to say, Lord, I tried everything I know how to do. Lord, I tried this, I tried that. None of it is working. Father, I'm desperate. I'm, I'm fearful. I need you today. And the Lord, as he began to cry out to God in, in that single place of his own, I believe that the Lord sent his, spirit, his, his angel to come. And just begin to lift him up. Begin to nourish him back up. Begin to bring his spirit, his emotions, back to a healthy place. Because he was alone, standing still. He wasn't running no more. He found a place to just stand still before God. And the Lord began to raise him up again. Rose him up to the point that within time, he became captain. Captain of 400 men. The benefits of standing still. And letting God take, it, take care of it. Man, God is so good. God is so good. Let, let, let me bring this down. I got a few minutes. I got about five minutes. Um, three, year, three and a half years in, to, to, into everything we were doing, the Lord told me to stop. I was stressing myself out. He said, be still. Be still. And let me build the church. It didn't make sense. But we did it anyways. We stopped outreaching. Be still and see that I am God. After we did that, it's been a year and a half later. Oh, my, 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 the benefits of listening to God, the benefits of being obedient, the benefits of not taking matters into my own hands are starting to come forth. God has been so, so good to us. Man, I'm enjoying every minute of it. I'm not stressed out no more. I'm not worried. I'm not, I'm not overworking myself. I'm just enjoying everything that God is doing. I'm amazed of the grace of God, the mercy, the favor. Oh, man, all because I learned to finally let go. Say, God, this is your show. This is your show, baby. Go for it, Lord. And, man, it's been amazing. So, so check this out. He brought the increase. In a year and a half, mind you. No outreaching. He brought the increase. My Lord. So, so our church building that we established, it's, it's in the international district of Albuquerque. It's like a, we call it the war zone. It's like the south central part of Los Angeles. That's, that's where everything happens over there. But we were talking about picking up needles around before you go to church. That's the story of our lives, man. We got needles, hyperdemic needles. We have people laying in the parking lot. It, it's crazy over there. So that's where our church is. And the church has been established. God has brought a people. There's a faithful people that show up there every Wednesday. Every, every Sunday. Now the community knows that there's a church there that loves God and loves people. They know where to go when they need prayer. And man, God is building the work. That church building has been established. We're not going nowhere. We're rooted in Albuquerque. Man, God, God has been so good. And now by the grace of God... The favor of God of just standing still and letting God do his thing. They blessed us with another building on the other side of town. I, 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 oh, man. I, I got connected somehow, and I don't even know how this happened, but I got connected somehow with the Baptist Convention, and boy, and, and, oh, they love us. They love us, man, because we're, we're on fire for God. We're, 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 we're Bapticostals now, boy. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We're on fire for God, boy. They love us. And so, so they rallied behind us. They partner with us. Whenever we do an event, they, they say we're going to do a barbecue for the community. They'll write us a check for 500 bucks. Say, here, man, let, let us help you. I say, yeah, help me some more, boy. Praise the Lord. Man, they, they have been so good to us. And because of their support, man, we're able to do all kinds of things. So they've seen everything that's going on. They had an empty building on the other side of town. And they called me. said, Pastor, we hate to have empty buildings. We hate for them to be empty. Would you like to move in? I said, are you kidding me? Boy, we moved into that other building like right away the next Sunday. And, and, and boy, it's amazing. So, so now the Lord gave us two, two churches. One on one side of town one on the other side of town. And, and the benefits of being still. The benefits of just listening to God and letting, letting God do his work. Well, one of the things that happened is they, they, they said that if we do well, if, if we establish a church... If we're faithful in the ministry and in, in what they have called us to do, they said that in two years. They'll sign over all the paperwork to us and they'll just bless us with the whole property. Three acres of land with just one church in the middle, man. We got room to grow, room to grow. They, they, they have been so awesome with us. Uh, they partnered with us. Um, they, they put us on their church planning committee. I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm serious, boy. God is doing all of this. They put us out of the, church planning, the Hispanic church planting community. So we're having meetings, and we're talking about how, how to plant churches, how to grow. And they're looking at us, and they're asking us. And we're telling them is, you know what? Let God do it. Holy Ghost, man. Let, let the Lord go before you. And so, man, it's amazing. So, so now one of the best things that has happened just recently, they asked me. They go, how do you plan on running two churches? I mean, it's, you have a full-time job. It's, I don't know how you're going to do it. I said, me neither. I'm just here, man. God has me here. They they go, well, why don't you go full time? I said, I can't. Our church is broke. I don't even take a salary. I can't go full time. Then they tell me, what if we sponsor you? What if we sponsor you? The benefits of standing still and letting God go before you. Dude, they floored me when they said that. So right now we're going through the process of, uh, I've been through a lot of assessments, a lot of interviews, a lot of things going on. And hopefully if if everything goes well, by the end of this year we'll we'll be sponsored. Next year I'll start going full time. And boy, that's going to free me up to really just dive into the work of God. Man, it's amazing when you allow God to, I couldn't have orchestrated this myself. I couldn't have put it together no matter what. God knows the plan. All we need to do is be still and let him do it, man. My, my, my. God is so good. God is so good, man. They they asked us. Albuquerque is growing. The west side of town is just constantly growing. It's getting bigger and bigger, and it's growing. And and they asked us to start a third church on the west side of Albuquerque. There's a new community. No church within sight. They just built a brand-new high school there, state-of-the-art high school. They told us, they said, we'll rent the facility for you. You just go in there and start a church. So now we're making plans for for April 2020 to go out there and do it. Only God can do that. Only God can do that. Man, we need to learn to be still. The benefits, the benefits of listening to God, of being still, are remarkable. They're way way beyond our imagination. Guys, let go. Let God you know the story of Elijah? He was in the same boat as David. He was running for his life. Jezebel was about to chop his head off. He ran into a cave. And in that cave, he began to seek God. And and, and you know the story. He he looked for God in in the strong winds, in the spectacular. He looked for him in, in, in the fire. He looked for him in the earthquake. He looked for him in the big events. But the Bible says that God was not in any of those things. Finally. And Elijah learned to be still and listen. That's when he heard the still small voice of God. God began to speak to him. God began to strengthen him. Elijah came out of that cave stronger than ever. Guys, let's let's be still. Let's learn God to do. Let's let God do what He wants to do in our lives. Hallelujah. Man, time flies. It's already 40 minutes. I'm barely getting started. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, but I I need to be obedient, Uh, be still, and see the salvation of the Lord. Hallelujah. God bless you guys. Woo!